Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we are continuing our series, The World's Most Haunted series. And tonight we're going to be talking about uh, one of actually my favorites. I don't know about you, Eric, but Mansfield Reformatory. And it's one that Eric and I have been wanting to get in for, I, I don't know, nine, Millennia? nine ten years. <laughs> I don't know. I'm old enough to say millennia, so I don't know. (laughs) All right. So Mansfield Reformatory actually dates back quite a bit. It was built in 1886. Um, Holy 100 years before my birthday. (laughs) I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, dang, that's crazy. So it was actually 95 years for me. And God, that makes us feel old, even though it's older than we are. But... um, the reformatory was actually designed to humanely re- rehabilitate first-time offenders and was initially applauded as a positive step toward prison reform. Now, this is actually coming from deadohio.com. And, however, conditions rapidly deteriorated after 94 years of operation. The prison's legacy became one of abuse, torture, and murder. Denounced by civil rights activists for its brutalizing and inhumane conditions, the prison eventually shut down in 1990. Now, that actually kind of puts it into perspective for us because it was still running in our lifetimes. It was, yeah. It was. Uh, But what's really interesting to me about this, and I think this is just because all the penitentiaries seem to have shut down due to similar reasons. Uh, this one, Eastern State, which we're going to talk about eventually. The big one that we're going to be talking about as well is Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. There's a haunted place. You know, they all shut down for more or less the same reasons. And those reasons are simply uh, deplorable conditions. They had rats. They had inedible food. They had disease running around, you know, running amok. Uh, they had been beaten by, you know, people were beaten by all kinds of things and tortured and this and that. Uh, one place or a couple in particular here at Mansfield, uh, inmates were constantly sliced by shanks, which are makeshift knives, basically. Uh, they're beaten by soap bars or thrown from six-story walkways, uh, 
just over stupid stuff, basically. Uh, there's even one man who was placed in the sweat box as a form of torture while he was kept in the prison, which you would think a sweat box maybe isn't really torture, but those things reach 100 plus degrees. I mean, that gets really bad if you're dehydrated and left in there for a couple of hours. You know, yeah. it's just, it's horrible. Uh, but one of the things that I think is really interesting to point out is its architecture mm-hmm. because it was actually based to resemble an old world, uh, an old world German castle, uh, as well as some Victorian Gothic churches. So when you look at this particular reformatory, you can see that you can see that it's based on those old overseas, you know, Celtic like places, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's beautiful. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like for something that had so much horror going on inside of it, it's really quite a beautiful looking building. And monstrous on top of that. I mean, the size of it yes. alone is huge. It is absolutely huge. So one thing that I want to mention here before we step further is that most of you have probably seen this building, whether you know it or not, uh, especially if you've seen any particular relatively famous movie known as Shawshank Redemption. Something I was going to actually bring up. (laughs) was filmed inside of this building. So if you saw that movie, you've already seen what it looks like on the inside of here and the outside. But it's on here because of its haunted hauntedness. (laughs) I guess. I don't I can't think of a better word for it. Uh, (laughs) After it shut down in 1990, it remained quiet and for five years until 1995 uh, when the reformatory was reopened under new ownership for ghost tours. Now there were a number of things that were happening here in the public eye. And some of the things that people had noticed were numerous orbs, which were captured in photographs. uh, And of course, haunting EVPs or voice phenomena, which are often uh, caught as well. Uh, Some of the things that were noticed physically were cold spots that were unexplained and of course equipment malfunction which as we come to understand or have come to understand over the years uh in all of our research not just our own but your guys as well is if there's equipment malfunction you can often probably relate that to some type of paranormal uh absorption of energy the reason why our batteries die in the middle of the night when they're fully charged the reason why we have camera glitches and things like that could be because these spirits are simply feeding off of those energy sources uh which is fine because it's better than them feeding off of you but hey well one one um hypothesis that i've always had is it's not so much that they're feeding off the batteries it's just the interaction with the equipment that causes the battery drain because it's a different energy than what the battery is. So somehow it causes a man or a, a malfunction in the, the equipment itself. Okay. Now you said you came that that's a theory or that's something that you actually came across. Someone had suggested. No, no, no. It's just a theory of mine. A theory. Um, okay. I, I haven't okay. seen it. Maybe other people have come up with that same, same theory or hypothesis, but it's something that I've actually thought about a lot because we talk a lot about how ghost spirits, even demonic entities, somehow are feeding off of us, our energy, or off of the energy of our electronics. But in the same instance, if you think about how interactions would be on the other side compared to here, it would take a lot of energy for them to make some type of manifestation 
So in turn, interacting just to get that thing to see it, to hear it, it would somehow sap the energy of that that equipment because the equipment is trying to adapt. Mm-hmm. Get what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So please continue with your manifestations in Mansfield Prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, so basically, I mean, there, there wasn't... Since then, there's been more that has happened. Mm-hmm. But back then, there wasn't much more than that happening. You know, now people claim to see shadow spirits. They tend to see uh, and hear spirits knocking on the walls or on the bars, you know, like you would often hear or you would think you would hear inside a prison. I've never been to a prison, so I wouldn't know if that's real. You know, the whole sliding a cup up against a thing. I don't know if that's Hollywood or if that's I don't know. But apparently you're able to hear that. Uh there have been a number of people who've claimed to have been slapped and pushed and, you know, things like that, which, again, with these types of locations is relatively common. And so <clears throat> throughout this entire building, though, there's spots that tend to be a little more active than others, as we often see in any location. And probably one of the most terrifying aspects of this particular prison was something known as the hole. Mm-hmm. Now, the hole was a solitary confinement cell or cells, uh, which were basically equipped with nothing but a toilet and a bed. That's it. They had approximately 20 rooms in that in the hole. Uh, and, and those rooms are relatively small. You know, they're not big cells at all. Uh, so one thing that was interesting is that after a riot one year, approximately 120 prisoners were confined to the hole for 30 days. Now, wow. again, there were only 20 rooms. And you figure these rooms are roughly the size of a normal cell. So we'll say maybe uh, we'll, we'll be given benefit of the doubt and say they're a little larger. So let's just say seven feet by 10 feet. Okay. Assuming, because we don't know what the size of these holes, these cells are. I haven't been there. Uh, but that would mean that roughly six prisoners to each cell for 30 days. That's a lot of prisoners to have in one cell because most cells only hold two at most. Um, during this 30 days, one inmate, at least one inmate, for some reason nobody really knows, but at least one inmate was murdered. And the body was hidden by another inmate under some bedding for several days. Uh, so you could think, I mean, that's just one instance. And think of how many years this thing was around, uh, 1886 to 1990. I mean, just over 100 years. So there's a lot of crud going on in that building between those, those times. Mm-hmm. And naturally, there's going to be disturbance. In the force? Uh it depends on the force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't get the Star Wars references. <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying it doesn't really <laughs> apply because we're talking about supernatural forces as opposed to the Jedi or the dark side. <laughs> well, it's interesting that, I mean, there's actually a lot of stuff that happened. Um, apparently, in 1948, inmates brutally murdered a prison farmer and his family. In 1950, the warden's wife died under mysterious quote-unquote circumstances. She was allegedly, she had allegedly died after a gun accidentally fired while she was searching for items in her closet. Yeah, come on. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, the warden later suffered a heart attack at the prison and died soon thereafter. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just by those a cu- couple accounts alone tells you how some of this activity could be starting to manifest. I mean, there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering going on here. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're coming across and it's interesting that in the later years is when, um, a lot of the stuff was starting to happen more so before they closed, but you do see a lot of it amping up starting in the, the mid 1900s. So, Mm -hmm. Do you think that the abuse of the inmates started close to that same time, like 1948, when the prisoners or the the uh, prison farmer had been killed and his family? Do you think that would have been kind of an acting out from the inmates because they were being abused? Nah, I mean, they're inmates and most of them were murderers inmates to begin with i mean this is a maximum security place at the time so this is a place that held some of the worst criminals that you can imagine you know uh, so i think some of these guys are just out to create destruction basically um i mean obviously that's just a theory we don't know because we don't have the evidence for it we don't have any paperwork that suggests why they killed the person or why any of the inmates killed anybody uh, for that matter. But I mean, bad crap happens in prisons, <laughs> especially when they're being treated poorly and you're in this type of building. I mean, this building folks, just, just for the record, if you want to go online and research Mansfield reformatory, check out some of the pictures. Deadohio.com is one of the great ones. We love dead Ohio. Um, but this building was considered one of the largest freestanding or was considered to have one of the largest freestanding steel cell blocks in the world. It actually stood six stories high. Now, imagine that's six levels of just prison cells that line the walls. And when you look at go inside there, you look at the pictures. It's just amazing. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's crazy to think about how just how large the place is and how many people were there. And when you look back at some of these, there's actually photos and I found one actually uh, of one of the cells in the hole, Justin. Mm. Um, Those things couldn't have been more than maybe six feet by eight feet. Oh yeah. They were super small. I mean, super small. So six people per cell of a six foot by eight foot. Of course, somebody's going to get murdered. I mean, It's crazy to think about. I doubt any uh, of them so, could even move. And I mean, that would cause psychosis in and of itself, let alone being cut off from any light or life other than the six inmates you're in there with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, anyway, so some of the, uh, there, there are a few other things that people claim to have witnessed while investigating this building. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, and in particular, one of the most active areas, uh, which is actually the warden's administrative offices and quarters. It's for some reason that's one of the most famous or uh, most active places. Uh, people claim to hear the voices of the warden and his wife. Uh, they've even been able to smell a a scent of perfume 
from a place known as the Pink Room, which was the warden's private bathroom. Uh, so here we can see that there's a number of things happening within this building since 1995, I think is what we said it was uh, reopened. Uh, we mm -hmm. have disembodied voices. We have s smells and scents that come out of nowhere. Uh, we have orbs and figures, shadow figures and things like that walking around. We have noises, people being pushed, and there's all kinds of things happening here. And it's really eerie to think about because this building, I mean, nowadays, when you look at it, I'm sure it looked better back in its heyday, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. now that it's so run down and, and just beaten, you know, it's like this could be you would think one of the most haunted places in the world. And indeed, it's one of the most haunted, if not the most haunted place in Ohio. Yeah. Well, like I said at the beginning of the series, I mean, there are so many places that claim to be the most haunted in the world. Um, I, I think that Man Mansfield is right up there because of all the devastation that happened. Same with Sandhaven. Sandhaven has a lot of activity that um, has been documented. And we talked about this last week where whether you believe it's human spirits or demonic entities, I mean, a lot of paranormal activity happens around these devastating areas. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, folks, we will be going to break here. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio. We will be right back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours, instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we are talking about some more haunted locations around the world. In particular, some of the most haunted. Uh, and this week pretty much sums up the most, most haunted thing because <laughs> uh, the whole idea of the title was kind of based off the uh, like America's most wanted kind of thing. So this, in this case, is the world's most haunted. So uh, we just finished talking about Mansfield Reformatory, uh, the most haunted place in Ohio and by far one of the most famous places, uh, mostly because of its stardom debut in Hollywood's um, sh dang it. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. <clears throat> So with that said, we're going to move on to a, another penitentiary, which is just east of us here in Ohio, and that is in Pennsylvania, known as Eastern State Penitentiary. One of, again, I'm going to say one of the most famous places a lot this series, guys, because yeah. let's face it, we're talking about the most haunted, which means the most famous hauntings. Um, Eastern State is one of those that are just, it's almost hard to to think about when you go in there. It's hard to to really understand what happened there during its lively years. Uh, but there were so many deaths that happened here, and there's so many hauntings now because of it, or claimed hauntings. 
Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, the history is actually interesting in and of itself. Uh, it start or opened rather in October twenty fifth, eighteen twenty nine. Uh, is considered to be the world's first true penitentiary. Uh, Eastern states revolutionary system of in- incarceration, dubbed Pennsylvania system or separate system, encouraged separate confinement. The warden was legally required to visit every inmate every day, and the overseas and the overseers were mandated to see each inmate three times a day as a form of rehabilitation. Now, interesting side note, the movie... Uh, I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. What was the movie we were talking about? For Shawshank Redemption? The movie Shawshank was shot in Mansfield Reformatory, but a lot of what happened in the movie Shawshank sounds kind of familiar to the Pennsylvania system. Uh, In the movie, the warden visits the inmates pretty much every day, and they meet with... This says overseers, but it would have been, you know, the... the, uh, psychiatrists or whatever at the time. The Pennsylvania system was opposed contemporaneously by the Auburn system, also known as the New York system, which held that prisoners should be forced to work together in silence and could be subjected to physical punishment. So these two actually kind of clashed, and it's interesting because they're so close together. Mm-hmm. What's some of the history that you came across? So, as we said, this is one of America's most famous penitentiaries. And as such, it contained some of the most famous criminals in our nation. Uh, notorious criminals such as Al Capone and bank robber Willie Sutton, just to name a couple, were held inside its innovative wagon wheel design. If you ever look at the penitentiary from a bird's eye view, You'll notice it kind of looks like a wagon wheel. They had these, this, I guess, kind of a base in the center of, of the building. And then they have these halls or huge rooms that extend out to the sides of the, the, the ex- enclosure. Yeah, to the outside of the enclosure or just the inside of the enclosure. It's a huge place. I mean, it's amazing how big this place is, too. A lot of these penitentiaries are huge. I can't think of any real penitentiaries from back in the 1800s that were small, for that matter. They were all kind of large and really based a lot of their design on things that were overseas. Uh, you know, a lot of it was German or English, you know, things like that. <clears throat> Interesting enough, Eastern State's floor plan was a model for over 300 other prisons worldwide which is insane you yeah. know and, and that goes to goes to show you like just how special this particular penitentiary was because it was a way to house criminals 
but also try to prevent them from interacting too much together so that you wouldn't have things happening like murders and riots and things like that, that you have to, that we've already talked about uh, at Ohio State. And also what we have seen and know about, I guess we haven't really seen them, but what we know about from Alcatraz, because there's so many riots that happened back then. One famous one we will talk about in the future uh, episodes of when we get there. Um, so one thing that's really interesting is that this particular building allowed visitors to speak with prisoners within their cells, uh, which only proved that inmates were not actually isolated, though the prisoners themselves are not allowed to have any visits with family or friends during their stay, which is interesting. So mm-hmm. nowadays, I mean, when you think about penetration back then, and obviously we, they didn't have the amenities that many jails have now but nowadays people who are in prison have television they have board games they have places where they can lift weights and exercise you know i just saw on uh online a couple days ago that they're now teaching crossfit classes inside of some prisons um you know there's school inside of prison there's jobs you can work and make money in prison i mean really if you're not doing too well on the street you can go to prison and do just fine as long as you stay out of trouble um, I don't recommend it, but right. you know, they have everything that we have here too, it seems. So I don't really know what the point is of the prison at that point, other than to keep people from hurting people. Thank goodness. Um, as we mentioned, just like Mansfield had a, a particular side building or room, I guess, known as the hole. Uh, so too did Eastern state have a pit called the hole. Uh, it was an underground cell block though, which was dug under cell block 14 where they would have no light, no human contact and little food for as long as two weeks. Now, if you ever watched an episode of the episode of ghost adventures where they go to Eastern state, you'll see some very interesting things. The ghost hunters also did it. And this particular hole is very, very haunted according to their investigation. It's believed that there's a demonic entity or some type of very evil prison inmate uh, who is down in the hole. They heard growling. You can hear it audibly uh, on TV and on numerous recordings as well. If you just do some research Um, and there's also a shadow that seems to move suspiciously down there. Uh, when you get down there, it's really, really debilitating because it is pitch black. There's no light whatsoever. And that's the point. Mm. And it has been said that people may have all either have gone or almost have gone blind by being down there too long. Because as we know, if we're held in the dark too long, our eyes will just, they don't work quite the same. Right. Anymore. Devoid of light. You, your eyes don't adjust and eventually you, you would be losing your eyesight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually really interesting that a lot of these older prisons, cause I, I mean, quite honestly, I don't know about prisons today, but a lot of the older prisons used the solitary confinement and called it the whole quote unquote. Um, and it, it was exactly that it was, Devoid of light, devoid of any amenities that you could think of. And I I don't know a whole lot of history as far as rehabilitation, but apparently it deterred cellmates from, for a time, 
from doing any type of bad behaviors. And now, in what you're you're seeing, did anything happen at Eastern State, like Mansfield, where they put more than one person in per uh, solitary confinement cell? There were several cells down there. Uh, and I don't remember exactly how many there are, but there were several down there. And I don't believe there was ever an incident in which they overloaded the cells, um, simply because if I'm not mistaken, that would have gone against the whole idea of being secluded. I mean, if you're there with some, I mean, you can talk to people in the cells, you can hear them on the other side of the walls and stuff like that, but you can actually have any human uh, interaction connection or interaction. Uh, so yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I think they were very strong minded about just keeping everybody separate. Uh, and they did a pretty good job at it. I mean, yes, there were still problems there. There were still people who were being murdered. There was still, you know, your typical crime that happens within these penitentiaries or happened within these penitentiaries. Uh, and of course there were corrupted individuals who worked at these penitentiaries as well. I mean, corrupted cops who would abuse some of the prisoners, uh, who, who would, push things a little further than they should have pushed things, you know, and it all gets wiped under the table. So naturally there were going to be problems, you know, and it was one of those that were, uh, one of those problems that really were deep, I guess, within the system. You, you, it was too hard to dig them out to find out what was going on and who was doing it. And in the end, just things started taking a toll. And everything started to slip, much like these other places, bad food, disease, uh, but water wasn't all that good. So naturally, when people started dying and things just started to get a little, a little crazy, they had to <laughs> shut stuff down. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, I mean, obviously, the, it opened before Mansfield and it actually closed before Mansfield. This prison closed in 1971. The more interesting part is what they wanted to do with it. Now, they transferred the prisoners and guards to another prison, Greaterford Prison, about 31 miles away from Eastern State. The city of Philadelphia purchased the property and intentions had intentions of redeveloping it into a mall, and there was also an idea for a luxury apartment complex surrounded by the old prison walls. Could you imagine living in a luxury a luxury apartment complex surrounded by prison walls. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, man. Crazy. (laughs) But during the abandoned area, uh, abandoned era, uh, a forest, quote unquote, just roughage, that sort of thing, started growing in the cell blocks and, you know, it went into disarray. In 1988, the Eastern State Penitentiary Task Force successfully petitioned the mayor to halt redevelopment redevelopment and in 1994 it uh was open to the public for historic tours now other than that growl what other activity um has have people come across there yeah so again we have disembodied voices we have disembodied noises uh we have shadow people we have figures who appear to be wearing uniform cops for example or police officers whoever would be security there uh and then we have your typical orbs which again in a place like this i think you can't really 
you can't, it, it's hard to say, oh, I got an orb and it's a spirit because these kind of places have so much dust floating around and material that's just falling from the ceilings. Well, a lot of it's open to the the elements, too, so bugs can be going in. Yeah, absolutely. So there is a lot of these, you know, these interesting, I guess, paranormal developments, and they have continued over the years. Uh, And there's been a lot of witnesses who, a lot of witnesses who claim to have been hurt. Uh, there have been women who claim to have been touched. You know, we see that a lot in some of these penitentiaries as well. Uh, women who claim to have been touched and things like that in, in a not so friendly manner mm-hmm. uh, or a too friendly manner. So, yeah, you know, this kind of stuff is happening and people are recording it. Uh, there is evidence out there. There's photos, there's there's videos and audio. So, again, for anyone who's interested, definitely check that stuff out because it is really cool. Uh, but when it comes to the evil entities, the big one lives down underneath the stairs. But I, I, I remember there was one episode, I think it was Ghost Hunters, uh, where they're doing an investigation here. And two of the men, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were up on the second floor, I think. <clears throat> And they were asking questions and this huge shadow just came out of nowhere and kind of brushed up to them and then like backed away. And it scared them. It scared them so bad that they screamed and they turned around and ran and they got in trouble for it because you don't run from these things. You got to figure out this year when you're there to investigate, you know, so what are you running? Um, oh, they got yelled yeah, at by the, like the other, uh, I think team by, members uh, or? yeah, by, uh, by Hawes. And oh, okay. So, well, something that I think I've asked a couple of people on and I, I still really don't have an answer is a lot of people believe that um, a lot of these older jails were built out of limestone, sandstone, um, a couple of different types of stone to not only keep inmates in during life, but also keep them there during death or after death. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming there's nothing in the Bible that would say that, but in, in your opinion, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think certain types of stone would have an effect on that? I mean, I, I think a lot of that is new agey. Um, when we're talking about quartz and things like that, mm-hmm. that s- seem to apparently, uh, according to some, uh, there's a belief that they have some type of energy source that they radiate and that they're able to keep things in. Same with like iron, for example. There's a reason there's iron gates around cemeteries uh, from the early 1900s and 1800s uh, and, and earlier. And that's because it was believed that iron would disrupt an energy force uh, or in this case a spirit and therefore keep them within the confinements of the cemetery uh and that's one of the reasons why you'll see some of these penitentiaries with so much iron around them uh whether and not just because they're strong they are strong but you'll see some of these with iron around the outsides and that's to keep any spirits that were normally or that that had died any people that had died within there to keep their spirits from traveling out as well uh and there's a lot of mythology behind it so whether or not they really can these rocks and stuff could really do that i don't know i mean there's obviously there's no evidence to support it it all comes down to belief and once we get the evidence or something that would even suggest the possibility it's one of those things you got to take with a grain of salt 
which is another element that claims to <laughs> banish <laughs> spirits. So, you know. Well, I mean, salt, I mean, goes along the same lines as it, it's a crystal, just like quartz. So I, I could see why a lot of uh, mm-hmm. lore is is behind the salt phenomenon. So I think that kind of wraps up this episode in the most haunted series we're going to go into a couple of other really interesting ones uh like eric said alcatraz i think it would be really interesting to look into big ben and the tower of london because a lot of bad things happen there and a lot of people claim that they're some interesting hauntings there as well and the whole reason for the world's most haunted is to look at the world not just the u.s so i think that's all we got for you guys this week uh as i said last week make sure you're liking sharing subscribing as always make sure you're checking out tmv tmv cafe and fringe radio network as well as as well as paratruthradio.com so until next week folks where you'll find us same time same channel my name is justin And I'm Eric. Peace. Remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.